Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslanko, pastor of the community of Saints Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isadoreandmaria.org. Today, we present a special episode of this podcast. We'll hear a homily delivered by Father Mark at a special Mass of Healing for Victims of Abuse, celebrated at St. Paul Church in Glastonbury, Connecticut, on September 9, 2018. Let's listen to that homily now. It is obvious what brings us to this Mass of Healing today are the recent events that have come to light yet again involving our church. And they show us square in the eye what happens with abuse. And it shows us square in the eye what happens when it goes unchecked. But also, when we gather here today, we begin to see that what has occurred within our church community really is a microcosm of a greater problem that exists in our society. It is the greater problem of abuse in general. While it is the church that has our attention first and foremost, if we step back for a minute and look at the bigger picture, it is much deeper and much wider than that. Statistics will tell us that the greater percentage of abuse occurs right in somebody's home by trusted adults who are ultimately responsible for their care. Listening to the stories of humanity we realize that abuse occurs in so many forms. Sexually, for sure, but physically, emotionally. It occurs in children, most tragically, in other vulnerable folks who become victimized. It occurs in the elderly, who are emotionally and physically neglected and abused. It happens in our schools through bullying. It happens in almost every corner and fabric of our lives. There are folks, sadly, who think nothing of using another human being to satisfy whatever pleasure or impulse they may have. We hear stories of human trafficking, where human beings are abused and used for profit. We hear stories of starvation, where innocent folks are left without food. And so what is before us today fits into this 
wider picture, all of which requires our attention, and none of which reduces the magnitude of what we are doing today. The reality of abuse leaves such an impact on a person. Words cannot describe what is felt in a human heart that has been victimized. A loss of innocence, the robbing of one's humanity, leaving a person stripped of a sense of worthwhileness and goodness. Shame, doubt, fear, anger. It's no wonder why so often the one who is the victim becomes the victimizer. And the cycle of abuse continues. The reality that a person faces when their trust and their assurance has been betrayed is not something that's easily fixed. And it can't simply go away with a payment here and a gesture there. And then we move on. There are lasting effects many of which must be revisited by the person time and time again. And many will tell you and wonder if real healing is even possible. It erodes the axes upon which life is meant to be lived and brings people to a place where it is truly dark. And so this reality of abuse is something that we all must keep before us and something that we all must be aware of, both within our church community, but also within the wider culture. All of us have the responsibility to keep children safe, to do whatever it is that is necessary to ensure the protection of all of God's children at all stages of their lives. We have lessons of forgiveness. We hear this repeatedly through our scriptures that we're called to forgive. But you know, that's only one piece of the greater picture of what needs to happen, both in the sin that is before us and all great sin. The second piece to that is reparation and sincere repentance. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who many may remember from years ago, he was on television and was a remarkable man, teacher of the faith. He said that the innocence caused by sin can never come back. You know, once it's gone, it's gone. And you can't recover it. 
And he says, moving on from that is like a businessman who lost his credit, squandered, and never paid back his debts. And then as a result, finds himself without any credit, without any means to carry on his business. And before he can return to his work, he has to satisfy those debts and regain his credibility and do some soul-searching to figure out what happened to get into that place in the first place. And then, only then, and after much time and much labor of trying to rebuild what was lost through his error, can he begin to take up the task of his work once again. Regardless of the degree of responsibility, our church finds itself in that same place. We're like that businessman who's lost his credibility. And it is our job to then go and repair what was done, that damage that was done to God, to innocent people, and find the means of repairing that so that we don't go back to doing business the way we were doing business before, but that we do some soul-searching and some acknowledging and changing and renewing how we go forward. I suppose on one side of this coin, it doesn't look like there's a lot of hope. But from where I stand, I see a lot of hope. And this is why. If you look back through all salvation history, through the time human beings were first placed on this earth by God, we have wandered, we have sinned, we have turned away. It's written all through the pages of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. Story after story of folks turning their back on God. And what does God do? God sends a prophet to set people straight, to announce salvation, to bring people back to truth. And people wander again, and they go down the same road, and God brings another prophet all the while patiently waiting for people to come back, for them to learn, for them to get it right, for them to come home, for them to love. Patiently waiting. Well, the way I look at it, maybe all of this secular media attention, rather than looking at it negatively, can be that prophetic voice calling us to wake up and to look and say something is wrong here and maybe it needs to be changed. So I see a lot of hope because I see this as a time of hope and renewal, of repentance and conversion for this wonderful church that has so much to offer, as I've said before. 
We have so much to give people through our sacraments, through the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the gift of the Eucharist. So much that people need in here. You know, we hear the scriptures today, be opened. You know, God still wants to get into our souls, into this broken part of ourselves that is filled with weakness and sin and hurt. You know, one thing we learn as we move through life, and we learn it, unfortunately, very young, is that life is going to hurt us. Life is going to hurt us. We are going to find ourselves disappointed. We're going to find ourselves betrayed. We're going to find ourselves lost. We're going to find ourselves being rejected. And the Lord wants to heal that. You see, he wants to come in and heal that. But we make a mistake, and we think that that word of God that's proclaimed are simply words that we have to just listen to. The word of God is not just words. It is the living presence of God. There's a very beautiful prayer after the baptism of a person that says, May the Lord touch your ears to receive his word and your mouth to proclaim his faith to the praise and glory of God the Father. Touch your ears to receive his word. God wants to not only have us hear what the written word is, but he wants us to bring his presence within where he wants to live, where he dwells, to heal that brokenness. You see, part of what happens when people are abused, where innocence is lost, where something has been taken away, is hope is eroded. A way through doesn't always seem possible. Their faith has been shaken. And imagine what happens to their ability to love. And so those very fundamental things are robbed from them. But Jesus is saying, I can come in and help bring those things back. I can heal that pain, any pain, any disappointment, any sense of weakness, of limitation. Anytime the ugliness of life has touched us, Jesus says, I can heal that because I come with those three powerful things, hope, faith, and love. And that is one of the primary beauties of what we celebrate here sacramentally so often, is there is never a dead end. Never a dead end. See, there's always tomorrow. Because as God has been with his people from the beginning of time, he's with us now. There's always tomorrow. There's always that hope. Always that ability to have faith in a power greater than myself. And that power, when he comes into my heart, is going to teach me how to love. So then what comes out of my mouth are not just words that I repeat from Scripture. What comes out of my mouth is my lived experience of God's presence bursting through, healing me, and then producing this person who can be a beacon of love, a beacon of faith, and a vessel of hope. That's our job. Oh yes, we can turn our back on the frailty of the church. But in here, we have a commitment to our parish, to our church, to our faith. And it seems to me that we're here today because we realize that God can touch us. 
that God can heal us. And so from where I stand, I can leave you with this. Let us embrace the faith and the love and the hope that only God can provide. Let us do all in our power to protect God's children and all in our power to work for change so that what has occurred may never happen again. So let us get about God's work. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.